0: This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast. Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. Only really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Chubb. he's going to go!
1: 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Nick Job. He's got a
0: hat trick! Anybody can be beat! an 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that? Now here's your host, Ben McLaughlin.
1: Thank you. Welcome to another edition of our Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast. Ben McLaughlin joined this week by a couple of playoff contenders, Josh Hilkeman and Tim Curran. So this edition will... Uh, kind of recap for you how we got here, what teams are in the playoffs, uh, what happened on Thursday, because that is uh, important. There are some notable things as well. And we'll talk how the playoff picture really happened. I think uh, this league was pretty interesting on the way that it, it shaked out on, on a lot of fronts. But, uh, Josh, we knew your team was going to be in the playoffs based on points scored. Um Record record wise, nobody finished higher than eight and five. We had four eight and five teams, and all of which made the playoffs. I guess how are you feeling uh, about your squad entering entering in the playoffs?
2: Well, I mean, I, I started uh, or I'm entering with uh, some momentum. I beat Mick one forty four to eighty eight in the final week of the regular season, so that was nice. Like you said, I already had a spot in the playoffs locked up, but it's good to go in with a win and a convincing one at that. I I feel pretty good about my my playoff hopes I mean I'm going against Tim and he's pretty wily he always has some tricks up his sleeve so you never know what to expect with him but I I, I like my team my team is relatively healthy knock on wood but um, yeah I, I feel good about where where we're at we're all performing all my guys are performing at, at a high level Tim
1: we got to talk about how you got here um, <laughs> because this is this is notable at, at At the minimum, this is notable. So we knew that last week was going to have a lot of implications on the playoffs, and I don't know that we totally knew the extent in which that was going to be the case. Tim, you had a 20-point win over Brett um, in which your defense scores 28 points. That single-handedly put you in the playoffs because uh, we realized uh, afterwards that it wasn't too – playoff participants from each division it was just the four teams with the best record Uh, this is just standard ESPN uh, formatting zero changes made to this so just the default settings all on ESPN so Tim not only did you get 28 points from your defense you beat Brett by uh, 20 which is significant but also not it's not the widest of margins you know we had a 171 109 we had a 157 74 even my matchup, 151-121. It it is convincing, but 28 points for your defense will definitely do that. Uh, but I think the more intriguing thing when it comes to your team, Tim, uh, had you lost that matchup to Brett, uh, Kittles and Blitz would have jumped you. My team would have jumped you by points scored. Looking at points scored, um, Tim, you have scored the second least points of anybody in the entire <laughs> league, and you have one of four Playoff spots. So I guess the question is, uh, Josh. Josh said it perfectly. You've got tricks up your sleeve, and and maybe maybe that's how it works. You score the second least <laughs> points in the league outside of Searles, who is miles
0: behind everybody, <laughs> and uh, and yet you occupy one of the four spots. Like a wise man once said, "Work smarter, not harder." Uh, and that's the ethos, if you will, of my team. Uh, we get just enough out of guys. We we poke the right six at the right time. Just squeeze at guys just enough. Um, But really, the story of my team is guys vastly underperforming uh, versus random elements like, say, Youngway Koo or my defense going off for 30 points while, say, Ezekiel Elliott gets like three. Um, That's really been the story of my team. I've I've had I I think there's there's even though I haven't scored a bunch of points, it's really not uh, very rarely is it ever just that everyone just underperforms guys only putting up maybe four or five points across the board. No, what usually happens is I left a guy on my bench who would have put me over the top, or I had someone um, just vastly overperform. Like, like we we're talking about last week, where my defense scores like thirty points, and that what's put me over the top. So, it's just been a lot of inconsistencies. Um, you know, I could claim that I that I had the uh, I saw the writing on the wall. I, I I could see in my crystal ball of mine uh, what was about to happen. Um, and and I will say that That's exactly what happened. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really interesting how this worked out so the four playoff teams
1: uh, are josh and tim and josh banderas who's had the best record the entire year he's been stumbling of late he's lost three in a row he's really backwards somersaulting his way <laughs> into the playoffs um so he's lost three in a row and lamar our fans team who was off you really had a torrid stretch um there for a while, but he has cooled off. I, I blew him out last week, and um, he was still finding his way into the playoffs. So the points for uh, is really fascinating to look at. The most points scored. So Tim, as we already established, uh, was second second to fewest. Lamar was third to fewest. So you had <laughs> two of the worst, two of the three worst scoring teams in the league make the playoffs. I don't know that I've ever been a part of the league of a league w- where something like that happens. Uh, my team, Kittles and Blitz. I honestly thought we did enough, boys. I thought you know we when when we thought it was top two in each division. Um, I would have been I would have been the the beneficiary to that. I needed Mick. To lose, which happened. Josh, you took care of Mick because Mick has me in points. Um, and I needed to beat my opponent, Lamar, which I did. And I needed to not get jumped by Greg in points. All that stuff happened for me. So when you look at the East standings, I'm in second place. I thought maybe I would get that that last playoff spot instead it was just the three teams with the biggest record the best records as we already established Tim was eight and five my team seven and six so not only was I um, fifth place uh, so I was the first team left out of the playoffs so a big disappointment for Kittles and Blitz and gonna be honest guys uh, it's going to be a a kind of a a bull situation where you know left out of the playoff and you don't really have a lot of motivation to play that bowl game. That's what Kittles and Blitz is right now. Mm-hmm. I'll set the lineup. We're done waiver wire hunting. We're just going to ride the horses that got us here. And, um, you know, whatever happens, happens at that point. So disappointing finish to the season for for my squad. But uh, four playoff teams, some more deser- deserving than others. <laughs> but we are here and the matchups are fully underway. Tim, let's start with you on your Thursday performance uh, that was a big game in fantasy for a Thursday. You had the Rams and the Patriots. Um, yourself had a, a couple of players in action in Robert Woods and New England defense. 8.1 for Bobby Trees, three points for New England defense. Happy with that production or no?
0: Um, you know, I'm not currently in despair, uh, but I, I probably need a little bit more juice out of Bobby Trees and the New England D. It could have been a lot worse could have been you know maybe Bobbert uh was not thrown to at all or the you know the defense loses you uh points which you know i can't expect a 30 point effort out of my defense every week um i expect that out of young way coup mind you but not out of my defense um so i don't know I, i'm kind of i'm kind of crossing my fingers a guy like Cole Beasley i've got slot in my flex this week who because uh julio is officially out shocking news his hamstring is about as you know, fragile as, as my ego, it uh, it seems to go every week. So, um, you know, I'm going to need a, a couple of guys, probably Keenan Allen, uh, who've been very generously gifted to me after I gave up uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, guys like Cole Beasley, uh, maybe even a guy like Hooper, who uh, typically doesn't really score more than 70 points in any given week. I'm going to need someone to vastly overperform um, if I'm going to beat Josh. Because right now, without Julio, I'm uh, projected to get drummed by like 40 points, so um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I am confident uh, that I will win. Um, you know, and the, the it, it will just see how the chips lie. We should say
1: that this is a two week matchup. Um, yeah. so, so Josh and Tim will, will battle for two straight weeks. So it could be a little less fluky. Again, this is all st- standard ESPN default settings. Josh, how are you feeling? Um, allowing just eleven point one to those two through the first game. Well long I, way to go though, but no. First yeah.
2: start. There's there's a long, long way to go. But it is a a good start for me, especially because there have been multiple times throughout this season where I've been hurt on Thursday night performances by my opponent where they've had one or two guys just go off and, and get them uh, you know, just vaulted into the weekend. So I, I feel like I, I can take this and, and run with it, but like you said, it is it is two weeks, which I always, it's it's always a little bit more interesting when you get to this, and uh, I, you're right, it probably is a little bit um, less fluky, but at this point, I think that, um, that with the lead that I have, at least projected to have, I mean, technically Tim is in the lead by 11 points, but the projected lead that I have, I almost would rather it be just a one-week thing instead of you know, giving him another chance to come back next week. Yeah. But that's the way the playoffs go, and I, you know, it, it makes sense. You gotta prove it over a longer stretch of time um, that you can beat your opponent. So I'm I'm not taking anything for granted. That's for sure. I'm not looking ahead to the other side of the bracket to see who I could potentially face in the championship match. I'm fully. I'm not. I'm not even just fully uh, focused on this matchup. I'm just focused on on this week's games, and then we'll see where the points are at going into the second week.
1: Tim, I gotta ask you about your running back situation um, because I'm gonna be completely transparent here. You have Zeke and Gurley, and in my other league, in which I was much more competitive, and in the playoffs right now, have those same two backs. Um, and and your third, your flex spot, you have Cole Beasley, and this is a PPR league, so wide receivers are probably more preferred in this league as opposed to my other league. Your other running back is Daryl Henderson, uh, who had just 0.5 points and I was about to say that's that's part of the reason why Robert Woods production was so low on Thursday was because the Rams had so much success running the football which is not something that we've seen a lot from them this year they didn't rely on Jared Goff throwing to Robert Woods throwing to Cooper Cup throwing to Tyler Higbee it's it was a lot of Cam Akers and we we start start to see this trend where more and more snaps for Akers, less and less snaps for Henderson and uh, Malcolm Brown. So that, that probably contributed some to Robert Wood's lack of production. But anyway, back to the running backs. Zeke has been very hit and miss. He looked a lot better uh, in the Tuesday game um, for, for Dallas uh, against Baltimore. But he's been inconsistent at best. And Gurley is dealing with a knee injury and is so touchdown dependent that he is almost a non-play for me. He's almost an automatic sit for me in my other league. Tim, what's what's your situation at running back and thoughts behind these two guys and, and really what, you know, are, are they for sure in your lineup, I guess? You
0: know, I'm kind of in between a rock and a hard place at this point because my options on the bench aren't all that better. You'll get a guy like Zeke until week seven – he was uh, playing pretty well. I mean, he had uh, back-to-back, like, 25-point efforts, essentially, or 27, 22-point efforts uh, to start off and was consistently in double digits. But then you look at Week 7 through 9, 6 points, 8 points, 8.9 points. Uh, then in, uh, they had a bye week, and he bounced back a little bit, had a 20-point effort or a 19-point effort against Minnesota. But then uh, it turns around and, and scores only three points against Washington on Thanksgiving and Um, had a little bit of a bounce back against Baltimore, scored 13. So, you know, he's a guy I think dealing with some injuries. He's had the fumble bug a little bit that almost uh blew a game against you, Ben, earlier in the season when Zeke was Mm -hmm. I think it was a Monday night football game was just coughing it up like crazy. So, um, he's a guy that it's hard to sit him given his um his you know superstardom status in the NFL. However, you're right in that he is no longer an automatic start, but you look at my bench. A guy like Henderson, who again is uh, definitely very boom or bust. I mean, last night only got a half point. Um, so, you know, I, I feel comfortable, relatively speaking, uh, with Zeke. Not so much as comfortable with Ty Gurley, but again, uh, you know, is that enough to go start a guy like Jamal Williams or Adrian Peterson, who are marginal starts at best? Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit hard to rot, hard. I can't speak. Rocking a hard place, uh, like my <laughs> pronunciation there. But um, I'm going to just roll with them uh, because they've got some pedigree in the NFL and, you know, see what happens. Here's my concern with Gurley.
1: Gurley has scored a touchdown in seven games this year, right? So seven of the, I don't know how many how many games they've played. Um, my concern with Gurley is, the games in which he does not score, so the remaining, let's just count them here. One, two, three, four. He, is, he has not scored in four games. He hasn't scored in back-to-back games. The games that he has not scored in, he has only scored over six points one time. So that, that, that tells me he is entirely touchdown dependent um, if he can even get in there. I mean, he, he's usually pretty high in red zone carries, but... You know, you look at his last game against New Orleans, great run defense, eight carries, 16 yards. Uh, and that, in fact, his last two games have been against New Orleans. Eight carries, 16 yards, eight carries, 26 yards, three points and 3.9 points. Against Minnesota, 20 carries for 47 yards, uh, also three catches for 20 yards. That's the only game in which he did not score that he was over six. And the other game was uh, in week two against Dallas, 21 carries for 61 yards, an average of 2.9 per carry. So Gurley is really concerning to me, especially now nursing the injury. I don't envy your situation because I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, was Adrian Peterson? Was he a waiver wire pickup this week, or did you grab him last week?
0: Uh, he was uh, last week, and he promptly scored seventeen points. <laughs> and I left him on the bench. So <laughs> yeah. uh, such as line
1: touchdowns for yeah. Adrian Peterson because
0: Todd's right, got that arthritic game. knee. Uh, but you yeah. know, Adrian Peterson's also uh, going to be in a senior citizen home uh, by next year. <laughs> I mean, the man's like what, like thirty seven, thirty eight? He's he's getting yeah. up there. So it's it, it's too it's really difficult to, to sit a guy like Todd Gurley, even given his injury situation. Instead, I'm just going to go with blind faith that he figures it out and you know uh, falls down again on the one-yard line and scores right. a touchdown accidentally. So we'll see. Pass
1: interference in the end zone. Yeah. That's what, that's what you need. Um, so anyway, interesting stuff in that matchup again, Josh. Uh, Josh, I guess one guy – we talked a lot about Tim's roster. Let's bring up one guy on your roster that, that I'm concerned about and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you're concerned about too – and that's a guy that helped get, get you to where you're at. That's Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, really, since injuring the shoulder, uh, the AC joint, um, let's see, who was that against? That was against the Rams, right? No, New England. It was against New England. It was against New England or Seattle that he got hurt. I think it was um, against Seattle that he got hurt. New England was the first game yes. back with the injury. And then, he, and then of course, played last week with the Rams. Um, looked a little bit better against the Rams but also turned the ball over a couple of times. What's your concern level with Kyler Murray? You look at his points, Josh, quickly. Um, He was never under 20, let's see, 23 points was his lowest output the entire season. Then he gets hurt, uh, finishes that game with 20 points, but Seven against New England,
2: 16 against the Rams. Concern level with Kyler Murray right now. Well, I'll tell you my concern level. I haven't had – I mean, I had Joe Burrow as my backup quarterback on the roster for most of the season. The only time I played him was when Murray was on a bye week, but then when uh, Burrow went down, I just dropped him completely off my roster and haven't had a backup quarterback since then. Uh, but this week I went out and I grabbed Taysom Hill off of uh, waivers. And so he's sitting on my bench right now and he's actually projected for basically the same amount of points as Murray. So it's kind of a touch and go thing. I think I'm going to go with Murray and give him another shot uh, going up against the Giants defense, but man, it's, uh, it's tough right now. And I, I'm going to be keeping an eye on different quarterbacks to, you know, in the, in the waiver wire, over the next couple of weeks, seeing if I can pick up a guy just in case. Um, in case Murray can't go because of the shoulder or continues to struggle and if I can find somebody that's better. But thankfully, like I'm in a position where if everybody else on my team is healthy, I feel good about the amount of points that they can put up, but it it's not – it's definitely not a given that Murray's going to give me 25 to 30 points, which is what he was doing, and even now he's projected at 20. So it's, it's a decent amount, but he, he has not performed up to what he was uh, doing early in the season. So, my, my thought, so in that same league of Tims that
1: I have Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley on my team, I also have Kyler Murray on that team, and Ben Roethlisberger is my backup. Josh, I've pulled him. I I have started. I am starting Ben Roethlisberger this week. I know Buffalo's defense is better, but the way that Pittsburgh is throwing the ball right now, Ben's throwing it about fifty times a game. And the thing that's my my hesitation on Kyler, I think his arm has looked about the same. The thing that he's not doing now running, that he's yeah. done is running. I mean, yep. he, he's not running. He he was leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns for almost the entire season. And I think I don't know if he's scared to run. They're not. They're not calling. Kenyon Drake has just stolen all of the uh, inside the five touches from Kyler Murray and and Kenyon Drake owners rejoice because they've been waiting for that forever but that's what that's what was making Kyler so valuable was he was running so many touchdowns with his legs inside the 10-yard line now he's not running at all and I guess that's where my concern level is and yeah and if you are a Ben Roethlisberger owner I know that he's not throwing the ball downfield but with those Steelers playmakers and the, their lack of production on the ground Ben's throwing it 50 times a game so right. I've already pulled the plug and I, I don't I don't really feel that
2: guilty about it yeah and I'm close to it I, and I feel like there's a lot of potential with Taysom Hill he's played well um, mm-hmm. with Drew Brees being out now Brees and he is, is
1: gonna get those rushing
2: yards right exactly he's he's proven that he's gonna consistently rush the ball a lot and if he gets in the end zone with uh, with his legs that's gonna give you a good chunk of points so I, I, yeah, it's it's a tough decision right now, and honestly, I'm kind of torn on what to do even as we approach uh, the start of games today on what, what I'll do. But um, it's also a thing where I, I – and going forward in future weeks, it'll be a harder decision too because d- do the Saints continue to go with Taysom Hill or does Breeze come back or, you know, like I just – It'll be kind of hard to make that decision as we go forward. But um, yeah, I, I, again, I feel pretty good about where my team's at, but you're right. That is, you pegged it. That's the one spot that I'm a little bit nervous about.
1: To back that up with some data on Kyler Murray rushing the ball, uh, looking at his stats, this, you know, before the injury, he's, he, his fewest carries in a game was five against Detroit, five for 30 and a touchdown. He carried six times against Carolina, but for 78 yards Other than those two games, he scored at least one rushing touchdown in every single game. Those last three games since getting hurt with Seattle, five carries, 15 yards, five carries, 31 yards, five carries, 15 yards, no touchdowns in those last three games. So he's definitely trending way down uh, in the rushing category. All right, we've broken that matchup down a ton. Let's uh, let's go to the other side and the other playoff matchup. Uh, with Lamar and Bando, and it's been a tragic start to the week <laughs> for Josh Banderas. <laughs> he has started Cameron Newton at his quarterback oh, spot oh. against the L.A. Rams, and in doing that, benched the L.A. Rams' defense. Hard to uh. completely fault him for that because he's got the Steelers' defense which has been a top 50 fantasy performer all year, but that's 20 points sitting on his bench at the hands of his starting quarterback. So this is not a great start for the guy who's already – to him backpedaling his way into the into the uh, playoffs with three straight losses.
0: You know, Bando's team is a complete mystery to me because you know if, if unless I'm horribly mistaken, he's been starting Cam pretty much this entire year, and it's not the first time Cam's put up you know three four points. Believe me, I am a uh, Patriots fan, America's team, as, as everyone knows and loves. Um, and he's had several games. I mean, you go back to Week Twelve, he had like a three point effort. He's had uh, a less than a half point effort. Uh, back in week seven, he put up 11 points in week three. So he's done this multiple times. And yet, Bando's team mysteriously uh, seems to steamroll everyone. And that's probably due to a guy like Alvin Kamara, who uh, practically puts up 40 point efforts uh, night after night. So even after Bando puts up just that, you know, week four or five point effort from Cam Newton, I'm not going to count him out just yet because Alvin Kamara. Um, and even Tyreek Hill, again, a guy who's an absolute monster. How many touchdowns did he have in that uh, game? Yeah, uh, he had fifty-seven fantasy points. Yeah, he had um, two
1: hundred yards and three touchdowns, uh, or two two touchdowns, I think. Two hundred yards and, and two touchdowns. I think it was might have been three touchdowns in the first quarter. Yeah, against so
0: Tampa Bay. It's really just Bando. Just has uh, weapons all across the field. At quarterback, the play hasn't always been there. But even with that five point at four point effort. Um, I'm not going to count him out. I would expect Lamar to, to get uh, the dub. I know it's a two-week deal, not just a one-week deal. But, um, you know, with guys like Kamara and Tyreek Hill and others, um, I, I'm not going to count Bando out in this one.
1: I am counting Bando out. I am calling for an absolute beatdown of of Lamar to Banderas' team. Um, just going through their rosters real quick, guys. Um, Cam Newton has really struggled, as as Tim said. I would fight him a little bit on Kamara's production since Drew Brees went down. Drew Brees goes down after that San Francisco game where uh, Kamara goes nuts for three touchdowns, 35 points, 13 carries, 45 yards, one target, zero receptions against Atlanta. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: One target uh, or zero, zero receptions for Kamara. Kamara had no fewer than five receptions one time in the first 10 games of the season before that. Guys, he's caught three passes from Taysom Hill in three weeks. That's what makes Alvin Kamara so valuable in this league is because all Drew Brees do, would do is chuck it down to Alvin Kamara. Well, Taysom Hill doesn't want to throw to anybody. All he wants yeah. to do is run with his stupid legs uh, <laughs> all the time for the Saints, which is a benefit to you, Josh, now yeah. owning him. He did look much better last week on the ground against the Falcons, 15 for 88 and a score... Uh, That was his most carries of the season, sans one game week four against Detroit, 15 carries the most. Um, He did have two catches against the Falcons too, so things are trending up slightly, but his last three weeks of production for Kamara, 10.5 points, 6.2 points, and last week 17.7 points. You can live with the 17.7, but to Tim's point earlier, you know, his first Handful of games, 38.4, 44.7, 20.9, 34.8, 25.3. I mean, Kamara has been an absolute workhorse. I don't know that that continues, so I'm really worried about him for Bando. Still blows my mind that Devin Singletary is in his lineup. (laughs) Um, that 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 is a top 40 running back in fantasy football. Yes, Tyreek Hill will go nuts. I'll concede that. Stephon Diggs has been very consistent. Noah Fant is okay at tight end. He's not a guy that's going to blow up like a Travis Kelsey. I think Devontae Parker has finally been healthy all year. He's had a relatively consistent year. But with Tua Tungabailoa at quarterback, he doesn't like throwing to receivers. He doesn't like throwing the ball downfield. And the Steelers' defense is a really tough matchup this week against Buffalo. So I've basically ripped apart Bando's entire starting lineup here outside of Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs. I just think Lamar's team is just so consistent. If Carson mm-hmm. can stay healthy, if Rojo Ronald Jones continues his wor- uh, workload uptick, um, it seemed like they were passing the torch from Ronald Jones to Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay there for like three to four weeks. But he's he's like he's top five in rushing yards, guys, of the of the entire league. Ronald Jones, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams going to get thirty targets a game. Michael Thomas is starting to get more and more targets. From Taysom Hill. Eric Ebron, again, Deontay Johnson, the way Pittsburgh's throwing the ball, the Seahawks have the Jets this week, and I don't think Mason Crosby's missed a field goal. I think I think Lamar's gonna win this week by fifty plus points. And I don't care what type of week Bando has next week, I don't think he can go back from that.
2: Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. That I, I don't think the, the chances of Bando coming back like with the, this start are just aren't very good, especially with like what you said, how consistent Lamar has been so far this season and it's funny, you look at his roster, you kinda of ran down the guys that he has. I feel like if you went in like if we went all the way back to week one of the season and you showed us that Lamar was starting the starting lineup that he is right now, I feel like we would have probably laughed at, at yeah. what who had who he had in there. Like I mean, nobody really sticks out as being an elite fantasy guy a guy that's you know a big time star in the NFL I mean Devontae Adams you can probably say but even
1: he last year wasn't very
2: that's and that's what I mean like even a guy like that he is you know he's been good before but like last season wasn't he's not coming off a great year but he's had a tremendous year and then you mentioned all these other guys that he has in his lineup who have stepped up and been really good so I mean yeah he's put he's put it together I will say though going back to what you kind of started Uh, this podcast with he has gotten a little bit fortunate in his matchups because and and he's turned it on late in the season as well which has really helped him but he's had some down weeks and and hasn't had um, hasn't been super consistent throughout the entirety of the season he's as you mentioned earlier he's was uh, third to last in uh, points scored uh, over the course of the regular season so it's not like he's been just dunking on every opponent he's played but he has put together a lineup that is pretty good and it's coming together uh, at the right time and playing well at the right time. So he's, I i, I would agree with you. I know t- I'm not completely ruling it out um, that Bando has a chance in this one, but it's almost all but over, which is crazy after only a couple of guys that have played. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. So let's go over the other matchups um, in the Constellation quickly just so people know who others are playing. I'm going up against Greg. Hope it's a beatdown. Uh, maybe I maybe I will have motivation to play at least these next two weeks, just right. For revenge in the NL East from SNBL, and I can really just prove to him that I'm far superior. Um, Austin will go up against Mick, and Brett will go up against uh, Jeremiah Searles. So that those are the other matchups. Uh, we kind of already talked talked about this a little bit, but boys, Tim, we'll start with you. Starter sit questions for the week. Any anything that is on your. I guess I can play. Uh, what do you call it? Like phone a friend, or you Great. know, as a lifeline,
0: or somebody <laughs> just bounce ideas off of. Tim, any any starter sit questions for you this week? Assuming you think I would take your ideas, um, no, I <laughs> I um, pretty much had my only marginally difficult choice to make already, and that was uh, putting in Beasley after Julio was officially, officially, officially ruled out. Um, and I could have played Curtis Samuel, but he was kind of questionable. He apparently he is going to play. He has been upgraded to active. He's going up up against the. Uh, Uh, Denver Broncos, but um, you know Cole Beasley, I think, last week went off for like 30 points. He was a killer waiver-wire pickup for me. I haven't played him a whole lot, but um, yeah, every once in a while, he might only put up four or five points, but for the most part, he's he's scoring in double figures, so um, I'm relatively comfortable there, and at running back, we already kind of went over that. I'm kind of just... I don't love my options there, but at this point, I've kind of got what I've got. There's really no one else I can pick up on waivers. That's going to do me much better, so right now, it's just crossing the fingers and toes and hope everything goes well, because that's all I got. Yeah, it, it, Tim, Tim, if I were you, Josh Earmuffs, Tim, if I
1: were you, I, I, might go, I might go grab J.D. McKissick and throw him in this week over Todd Gurley, if, if that's me. Antonio Gibson is not playing this week. He's got the turf toe. He had 10 targets, 10 receptions last week from Alex Smith. That's 10 points for you right there. Um, I, I take a good hard look at J.D. McKissick this week. Uh, He ended up last week with 17.8 points on those 10 receptions for 70 yards. So if I'm you, I'm at least taking a look at Mr. McKissick. Uh, And Devontae Booker wouldn't be a bad option either if um, Josh Jacobs does not play this week. I don't know what his status is. I think he's questionable right now. So if I'm you, that's what I'm doing. There's your free advice for the week. Uh, Josh, what about you? Any any questions this week?
2: Uh, not really. And for quickly on that, it's funny, I, I didn't have earmuffs on for that. I, J.D. McKissick was actually on my team for a good chunk of this season, or at least the later half of the season, and I let him go right before he had those 17 yeah. points last week. But I, the guy that I have in my lineup instead of him is Austin Eckler, who is, right. um came Great back pickup. from the, being injured yet he's he's solid so um but no really the only thing that it's funny looking at my roster right now for the first time in what seems like forever there aren't any Q's or O's next to guys in my starting lineup so I can um go in pretty confident that all the guys that I have are going to play and get me some points the only one is the one that we talked about in depth earlier Kyler Murray or Taysom Hill and i I'm leaning toward keeping Murray in the lineup just to give him another chance. I would hate to have him uh you know go off and have a 30-point effort and and put in Hill and have Hill only get me 10 points. So I I can just picture that happening and I'd hate to have that happen, but of course the other the opposite direction could happen too and that's what makes fantasy football so fun. So Yeah, Qs are the worst, man. Os at least you know, right? Right. The cues you're wondering, how long is that
1: ankle going to hold up? Mm -hmm. How are those ribs going to hold up, right? And
2: I've I've had guys, you know, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, like all those guys at some point or another have had cues next to their name for a good chunk of the season and then half my bench as well. So it's been really right up to kickoff times where I've been trying to decide what the smart decision is uh, each week. But this week, I don't really have to worry about that.
1: Gentlemen... Good luck! Oh, we sh- we got to go over picks. Yes. Uh, who did we pick last week? Let's see. <laughs> Let me pull out my sheet here. I had to go onto a second page, by the way. Oh, nice. Of my notebook for all of our selections. We're 0 see. for
2: what now? Thirty-nine, probably.
1: Uh, was last last week week? What was last week? Was that week 12? Uh,
2: thirteen? This is fourteen. So yeah, this thirty-nine.
1: Um, don't even know. Don't even know. Didn't even write. Well, didn't, can't find it. MIA. I know we probably didn't get it right. Well,
2: Darren Waller was the leading scorer, so. Yeah, I know
0: nobody picked a tight end. <laughs> I can promise you nobody picked a tight end. All right, Tim, make a selection. Well, after all the uh, talk we've we've had about this player, I think that he's going to be even more motivated uh, to go out there and score all the fantasy points he can. And that player is Todd Gurley. Uh, arthritic knee <laughs> aside. <laughs> Todd is gonna, you know, even if he's accidentally scoring touchdowns, um, he's gonna find um, several touchdowns, probably set a fantasy record in scoring this week. So you can you can put in stone Todd Gurley, my player uh, to to score the most points this week.
2: There you go, Josh. I'm I'm going to follow suit with Tim's strategy. I'm gonna pick one of my own guys. I'm I'll go with Dalvin Cook he's again he's a guy 38 touches last week he's been yeah and that makes me a little bit nervous that they're gonna ease off on him a little bit but he's been banged up and he's finally it seems like he's kind of healthy and ready to go at full strength again um so yeah i he's projected in the top 10 of scoring this week so i'll give him a go and, and hope that he just completely goes off and tears tim's team apart I'm going running back also. Let's make it three straight running backs. I'm going Derrick
1: Henry against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He could go absolutely bonkers against the crappy Jags D. Um, I could see him ripping off 40 points pretty easily. So give me Derrick Henry. He's a monster this time of the year. So Tim's going Todd Gurley. Feel confident that one won't win. (laughs) Uh, Josh, you're going Dalvin Cook, and I'm going Derrick Henry. Let's see. Is Gurley even on? Let's see the projections. How far does this thing go down? uh goes I mean down quite a bit we're gonna have to control F to find this well I was gonna
2: it say it we can just go I'll look at uh, uh it's not,
1: he's not he's not on the top 50 uh, at least oh there's several pages here right. um so I'm not, I'm not gonna keep searching but um yeah not gonna be not gonna be a uh, a, a Todd Gurley led week I don't think uh if it is and we'll give Tim something special as a <laughs> uh as a prize uh Josh you're going Dalvin Cook I'm going uh Derek Henry Gentlemen, good luck. Congratulations on making the playoffs, uh, something the rest of us cannot say that we did. Uh, hopefully the team stay healthy. This is a good, clean battle for two weeks. Uh, Tim, any, any last words before we uh, we take the gloves off and start brawling?
0: No, I'm just staring Josh down right now. Uh, <laughs> 20 just, feet away. Yeah, you know, I'm just looking right into his soul, uh, and the abyss is staring right back at me. So, no, I, I'm ready to <laughs> roll. Um, you know, I've been, I've been cranking out pushups all morning, uh, to get ready for this bout on Sunday. And, um, I guess the week after that as well. So, um, I'm just hope that Josh is, uh, his you know, f- fragile sense of self is not shattered after I'm done with uh, his team. So we'll there we go. That. Fair. there.
2: I'll, I'll counter that by saying that Todd Gurley is projected for 10.3 points this week. So
0: <laughs> That's all 10. I have to 3. say. That's, yeah. They, they, that and good luck. They forgot a zero on the end of that. So,
1: 10.30. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, good luck. Good luck to uh, to uh, Todd Gurley and his endeavors of 10.3. Po- there he is. Projected 127th. I found him. 127. Took until the... Th- <laughs> What? The third page, bottom of the third page on the ESPN projections. But, hey, sleeper nonetheless. Gentlemen, good luck, and we will be back with all of you after the season is over. After we have crowned a champion. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know who's going to be involved, but we'll have one more when the playoffs are all wrapped up. Best of luck to all of you in your playoffs. Thanks so much for listening to us all year. We'll come back with a full recap of how the first year of the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast uh, and season went down here When this thing is all wrapped up after week 17, have a good one. Good luck. Hopefully players stay healthy. We'll talk to you then.